and it's really good to be back with you. Could I just take this opportunity to remind you that masks should be worn throughout worship unless you're exempt or aged under 12. The main intonations will follow later in the service after the children have left us. People of God, we are called to worship the King of Kings. We are called to worship the Lord of Lords. Let us worship God by singing hymn number 477. Lo, he comes with clouds descending. Hymn number 477.
Oh God, as we come into your holy presence, open our hearts to receive your truth. Still our minds to contemplate your word and give us voices to praise you in the name of Jesus, our Saviour, Master and King. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, we lift your name high. O oh, glorious King, we praise you in this place today. May we honour you with our words, actions and thoughts, O oh, glorious King. We praise and worship you, Alpha, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. We praise and worship you, O God, our Creator. We praise and worship you, Jesus Christ, God incarnate, Jesus Christ, our Redeemer King. We praise and worship you, Holy Spirit, our Sustainer, Comforter and Empowerer. Lord God, your Son, Jesus Christ, wore a crown of thorns and gave up his life on a cross for us. Despite this, still today we are not perfect, so for our thoughtlessness, Lord, forgive us. For our carelessness, our selfishness, our greed, our lack of generosity, our lack of love. Forgive us and help us to serve you in the world. Help us to remember the way in which you, as Jesus Christ, showed us how to live. Loving fellow human beings, putting others first, sharing with and serving others. And hear us now as we pray together in the words Jesus gave his followers, praying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. My folks. Want to have a wee look at what's in the bag? Come on, girls. Alright, so it's some pictures, isn't it? So we hold them up. Who do you think? You think that's Jesus, right? Okay, so there's a picture of Jesus. And who do you think these pictures are of? A whole lot more pictures of Jesus. Okay. And last one. My friend had decided it was kind of lines for some reason, but never mind. Jesus. Does he look like a king? Why? Why do you think he looks like a king? We don't know. What would you expect a king to look like? Fancy. Does he look fancy? It's weird, I feel like I'm open that one, isn't it? Yes, I thought. I can't get nothing as a crown, uh -huh. and really posh clothes, yeah. So, let's see if we know who these people are. Do you know who that? From Frozen, it's King Agnes from Frozen, yeah. 
And you know, I had to cheat. I had to take the back names in the back. <laughs> because I wouldn't remember. So that's King Agatha from Frozen. Who's this? From Shrek, it's King Harold from Shrek, and he's got his crown on. Yeah. Oh, we all know the Lion King. Uh -huh. And Simba's next to him. Uh -huh. Oh, don't know that I like the look of this. You don't know him? I think he's a lion. And it's King John and it's from Robin Hood. But it's a wee bit old, that film. But he's got his crown on. And this is another old one. Yeah, it's King Louis from the Jungle Book. You ever watch the Jungle Book? No, it's not frozen. But you're, you're sort you're, It's Aslan from the Lion of Witch. It's from the Lion of Witch in the Wardrobe. So books are written a long time ago. Okay, so lots of pictures of kings. So what does a king have? You told me one thing. A king. Where did a king live? <coughs> ben. A palace or a castle, yeah. Uh -huh. What would a king sit on? What would they sit on? A throne. Okay, and they might have an army, right? There's always been kings in children's stories. And sometimes they're goodies, and sometimes they're baddies. Mm -hmm. Who's our king? We don't have one. Well, what do we have? A queen, we've got a queen at the moment. So who will be the next ruler? Who do you think the next ruler will be? You should be smart here. <laughs> Prince, Prince Charles, that's right. So does that make him important? You think it does? Okay. Do you think you're a good king? You don't know? I think that's a good comment as well. Uh -huh. yeah. Do you think he'll be able to do whatever he wants? Yeah, because, he, because he's king? You think some people do have to control them?
Today is known as Christ the King Sunday. It's the last Sunday of the church's year. Next Sunday is the first Sunday in Advent, and as always, much will be going on. There are details of many of the things that are happening in the intimations in the order of service. If I could draw your attention to the Blue Christmas service that will be held here at 3 p.m. next Sunday, this will be a reflective service for all who find this time of year challenging. Connect Health Worships this Tuesday, the 23rd, from 1.30 to 3 p.m. in Outreach Centre. And with the Outreach Centre in mind, on Wednesday, the 1st of December, we will be running Bubblegum and Fluff. This is a two-hour programme for primary six school children, and we've got, I think, 41 children from Lightings joining us. But we need help to do that. If you are PEG cleared, and I should have intimated this by the Sunday school, we're still in. If you're PEG cleared for working with children and you're able to help, please speak to our contact, Muriel Smith. It's a wonderful outreach to the children who may not hear the Christmas message in any other way. We all know that organisations are starting up again, so the Fregler has started, they meet on Tuesdays at 2 o'clock, the Guild meets on Mondays at 7.30pm. Uh, most of these organisations are asking to bring your cup to the ultra tea coffee. Um, the Guild Committee meets this Tuesday at 7, Ice Cream Sunday next week. So lots going on and there will be other intimations about what's going on over the Christmas season. The BB is supporting the night before Christmas, so there's information about that there. And you can see the salt line growing and there's a salt line up in the outreach centre as well. We have been asked to complete forms for the mission audit, which Muriel spoke about last week. There are buckets for these completed forms, one over beside where the beetle is sitting and the other at the front door. And I think these are all the sort of intimations in that sense, but it is with sadness that I intimate the deaths of two of our members, Anne Tricky and May Elliot. And I would ask that we all keep Anne and May's family in our thoughts and prayers over the days and weeks to come. These are all the intimations. And now we turn to scripture, which this morning will be read for us by Mary. Seated and the books were opened. 
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. <coughs> this morning, maybe read for us three short passages from Scripture. Firstly, from the Old Testament. In the book of Daniel, we heard of Daniel's vision. Daniel's vision, which may be interpreted as God on his throne, surrounded by millions of people. We also heard of God in this vision, giving his authority, honour and royal power to a man, to a man whose authority would last forever and whose kingdom would never end. This man we now know to be Jesus. So, from long before Jesus' time, people were awaiting a king. As he spoke with the youngsters, the word king conjures up all sorts of images. Images from past times, especially from paintings and films. We have images of crowns and castles, servants and loyal thrones. Images from today of pomp and circumstance surrounding our royal family. Images perhaps of people distanced by land and upbringing and wealth from us ordinary folks. In the second reading from the book of Revelation, we heard that Jesus is the ruler of the kings of the world. And then finally from John's Gospel, we heard of Jesus standing before Pilate, standing before Pilate and being accused of being the king of the Jews. Jesus standing before Pilate, knowing what is about to befall him, knowing what fate awaits him. Standing before Pilate, knowing that he is God's son, God incarnate, God made flesh. Jesus, standing before Pilate in a position not of authority, seemingly not of power, but of apparent weakness. Well, today, our experience of people of power will vary. And it's quite interesting listening to some of the thoughts of our youngsters and how astute they were. But with great power comes great responsibility. And depending on your sources, it was either the eminent French Enlightenment figure Francois Marie Arouet, better known as Voltaire, or Uncle Ben in the Spider-Man films, who coined that famous saying, with great power comes great responsibility. History, well, history is replete with kings, rulers, and leaders who failed to wield power responsibly. Rather than use their authority to make the lives of their subjects or citizens better, these figures persecuted, lied, robbed, and killed people. And I think we can say that that still happens today. It's often suggested that today's leaders, especially those in the West, have one eye on public opinion and the other on their place in history when considering difficult decisions. Most leaders are aware that past choices are a significant fact of leadership and having to make them is often what sets them apart from those whom they lead. As a result, most maybe would ideally seek to build power responsibly by acting with integrity behaving respectfully and being receptive to the interests of those whom they lead and whom they serve. But I'm sure today we all hope and pray that today's world leaders 
would make wise decisions as they work to make this place a better place to live. To combat terrorism, to care for our environment, to try to reduce global warming. This being no doubt, being a leader is difficult. I don't think any of them will be in the position that Jesus was in. For in today's Gospel reading, we see that Jesus' encounter with Pontius Pilate is one of contrasts. For both Jesus and Pontius Pilate were figures of immense power. One, Pontius Pilate, appears to display all the trappings of power. While the other, Jesus, seems totally devoid of it. Pilate, well, Pilate questions Jesus in his palace, no doubt surrounded by all his guards that Pilate commands. And he's in the presence of the Jewish leaders over whom he has jurisdiction. Pilate appears to be lord of everything in his presence. In contrast, Jesus is under arrest. And in another of the Gospels we would read that he is also bound. Jesus appears to be powerless and completely at the mercy of an ambitious Roman official with a reputation for cruelty and partiality. It's only when Jesus speaks that we see who has the real power. For Jesus' power comes from above. And as the Son of God, his authority is not dependent on the patronage of whimsical men and women. When Pilate's loyalty to the person who gave him his power, Caesar, is questioned in the next chapter of John, Pilate, well, Pilate becomes weak and indecisive and caves in under the pressure. It can also be argued that Pilate is more interested in holding on to power than knowing the truth about the truth that Jesus offers. At one point, Jesus says to Pilate, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And during this renowned exchange with Jesus over truth, well, Pilate, well, Pilate fails to pursue Jesus' point on this important matter. But he does seem to spend an inordinate amount of time listening to the falsehoods of Jesus' accusers and is ultimately swayed by them. Unlike Pilate, Jesus is the embodiment of how we should behave, whether or not we have power. Jesus, Jesus is a king, but he gave up all the trappings of kingship to become a servant for all. He is the servant king. When he's under the most extreme form of pressure, on trial for his life, he still displays the type of integrity, humility, reverence and love that most earthly leaders can only dream about at the best of times, never mind in a time of crisis. We're all familiar with the adage, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. But Jesus, Jesus shows us that real power, real power resides with God, and that any authority we have should be used wisely and for the benefit of others. Let me share with you a reflection on today's readings. It's entitled The Last Word. I don't 
envy Daniel and John, struggling to find words that even begin to convey what the Spirit had shown them. And that was in a day when words were still precious gifts to be handled with care and respect. While today they're putty in the hands of the advertising industry. Small arms in the press war. Omega is a watch. Eternity, a scent. Majestic, a wine warehouse. Super kings are cigarettes. And all the superlatives are squandered daily to sell more news. Nor have a thousand more years of history and culture helped our views of majesty. What words to describe our monarchies? The few that have survived the onslaught of democratic or military might. Corrupt, self-seeking, proud, ineffectual puppetry, high maintenance, tyrannical, unstable, harmless, crowd-pleasers, non-essential ornaments, pawns in the games of nations, provoking now mostly a massive indifference. And in literature they fare little better than the long, white-bearded fairy tale things, wise and kindly enough, but failing in strength and conviction. To the Red Queen shouting, off with his head! Shakespeare's kings of many conflicted parts, the cold, capricious rulers of alien space. If the Peter Principle is right, which said the teacher's promoted to his level of incompetence, then the one from whom most is asked is sure to be voted incompetent. A thankless task to play the king. And so, and so we come to this revelation of the throne of God, cap in hand, begging for redeemed imagination, to glimpse the real thing beyond the words debased by our attempts at realisation. Christ, not a king, but the source and epitome of kingship, and there will be no mistaking him, Herod, Alfred, Peter, Alexander, and all those called great in their time, all will recognise him and bow before him, from whom all kingship takes its name. Generals lay down their arms, acknowledging his victory. Presidents step down, recognising that he is seated in the highest place at the right hand of God. Dictators fall silent, allowing that Christ, greatest of all time and eternity, has the last word. And we, we will all be there. At the name of Jesus, every knee bowing, in loss because he has given us everything or in fear because we have rejected everything but we shall bow and it will feel unimaginable here in britain whatever we think of our monarchy we still have a bit of a name for our pageantry for being able to put on pretty good spectacles Remembrance Day, Jubilees, Royal Weddings and Funerals, each brings an involuntary tear to the eye. So many marshalled, dressed and ordered with a single focus. Expectant, solemn, too full of emotion. And when the royal carriage comes, it chokes us the emotion and we wonder why, <coughs> when half of us don't even agree with the monarchy. How much more? How much 
more will the glory of God unmake us. And we will not be mere bystanders or watching it all in the news, but actors, each with his lines to rehearse, for we each have an audience with the King, with Christ the King. And he will ask us, who do you say that I am? Do I know you? And there we will be, in the thick of it, in the thick of the clouds and the blazing fire, faced with the beginning and the ending of all things, the one who was and is and is to come, Alpha and Omega, ancient of days, names to put the fear of God into us, and heaven will wait for our answer. And all our questions will have to wait. Scientist and mystic, philosopher and earthly king, or rather they will pale into insignificance beside the burning question of how we are going to answer the Son of Man, Christ the King. Who do you say that I am? Do I know you? And can we say you are the son of him who holds all history in his hands? The son of him who makes an end of evil? The son of him who loved the world so much he gave you to save me? You are the measure of my life and I would never measure up to you. I would be out in the cold forever had you not given me your coat of perfection, my Lord and my King. What amazing grace. Will words always fail? In all probability, yes. Once even heaven was still. Some things can be expressed only by silence. Thank you. 
we have made our offerings to help others to come to know Jesus as King. Lord God, your Son, Jesus Christ, wore a crown of thorns and gave up his life for us. As a token of thanksgiving for this, we place these gifts of money before you. And as we offer you our monetary gifts, we also offer you ourselves, our time, our talents, our love, asking that all we offer is used to grow your kingdom here on earth. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Saviour King. Amen. Now I'd like to invite Mary to lead us in our prayers for others. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for our families, our friends, our church, our community, our country, and our lives. We ask you to guide and help us as we strive to walk in your footsteps. We ask you to be with all the citizens of your world as they struggle with their lives, whether in a war-torn country, an area of drought or flood, or trying to flee tyranny. We also ask that you be with those who are living alone in isolation, especially in these difficult times. Give your strength and support to all those who mourn, especially the Elliot, Boyce and Tricky families. Be with those who are in hospital, or waiting for appointments, treatment or for results. Give your unseen support to all those who work to make our lives easier and safer. Doctors, nurses, healthcare workers, policemen, ambulance personnel, armed forces and the unseen support staff with whom, without whom our lives would be difficult. We thank you for them for their dedication throughout this pandemic. Guide our politicians with the local, national, as they strive to govern this world during the time of COVID, climate change, and all the other problems that they have to face. We ask that you be with us this week and be with our families, whether near or far. Amen. Thank you, Amy. We close this morning's service of worship by singing hymn number 449, Rejoice the Lord is King, hymn number 449.
may we carry with us the assurance of your presence and the knowledge of your glory. And the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and all whom you love, this day and always. Amen.